Welcome to Big Men Big Theology. I'm Cody. I'm Trey. I'm Jordan. <laughs> Jordan's here. Uh, Jordan's reading his phone, but it's okay. How's it going, boys? Sorry. I'm so glad to have you back, and I'm so glad that none of us have gotten hit by the COVID yet. Yeah. At we least, did. at least, not hit with it as far as we know, because apparently they can lie, it can lie dormant. Yeah. In you for what is it like six, seven days? Fourteen days. Good night. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Okay, I guess I haven't been reading enough enough about it. Do you so, know that? What, say that again. The the coronavirus the incubation, the incubation the coronavirus period can is two lie weeks. dormant in you for two weeks before it even shows anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's crazy. It's pretty intense. Yeah. I yeah. know that. I, I don't know. Why I thought it was a week. We're alive, well, and hey, we're not wheezing. So. Thank you. There's hand sanitizer on the table. Thank God. So how is life in quarantine going? Well, there's no sports, so I'm going crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's um, literally the only people I see are at this table because we all live near each other. Um, Hang out on the church playground at night. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We play Calvin Ball. Explain, <laughs> explain for our listeners. I'm the, I'm, okay, explain for our listeners what Calvin, Calvin Ball is. <laughs> so, first, this, you, have so to, you have to give the tagline. Oh, the tag? Calvin Ball. The game that chooses you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, what it is is y'all remember like a long time ago in grade school where there'd be like is that thing. It's not a basketball hoop, but it's like this giant bucket that has holes at the right. base of the bucket with different numbers. You try to throw holes, a basketball yeah. into it, and it and pops you get out with points the depending on where it goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, like last week, me and uh, well, it was all of us. All of us were out there. Uh, we were all at the playground, including it was me and you. That, that were like well, yeah, engaging. Really. Well, so what it what you two, well, what it you, was, two were was was, you two were chosen. We were chosen at first, predestined. One of, us, yeah. one of us was more chosen, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, predestined for victory. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and so essentially, we just stood about was like maybe twenty five yards back. Yeah, of like of the bucket and chart. We had a soccer ball. And we were trying to throw it in. And I remember after my first throw, I was like, "Oh, I feel real like I missed," but I was like, "I feel really good with this." Like I'm, I'm a relatively athletic person, right? And I look and I looked over at Jordan, and in his like to his face, I said, "You better make sure you." Get, oh, by the way, it was five dollars. Sure well, five dollars was on the line here, uh, and that's the thing. Yeah. And so I looked over at Jordan. Got and I a said, bunch of gamblers here. That's, 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 that's not what that is. <laughs> uh, but I looked over and I said, "You better make sure you get this soon because I'm." I'm about to I'm about to ring this, and uh, <laughs> two days later, <laughs> yes, yes, we spent we spent an hour and a half out there just throwing, throwing that stupid ball, ball Johnny, and like I was like I was like how does dude perfect put together videos <laughs> like and it doesn't take them years at a time. I don't understand. Those are extremely impressive people, but yeah. So but eventually, the, on the Trey, second day, Trey won. Yes, so. on the on the second day, I I nailed it, and so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Jordan just ended up. <laughs> we ended up buying dinner later, and Jordan just ended like ended up like spending five dollars more for something that I wanted. So now he owes me five dollars. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. But yeah, so that's that's Calvin Ball, and that's 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 where I am right now. That's been the that's not, been the entertainment of quarantine. That's well, been our well, sports the thing is, is that like I have a two year old daughter who is. This is how I've been explaining it. You remember as a kid. That like the first time you see vanilla extract, you're like, oh, this is gonna taste amazing, and then like you try to drink some of it, and it's so concentrated that it's it just blows your mind and it's gross and it's, uh, 
that is kind of like my experience with my two-year-old thinking how innocent she is, but there's just this little concentrated ball of energy and and I don't know and I don't analogy? know how did to Did you come up with that analogy? I swear on everything in the world. I, that's that's, that's impressive. my analogy. Excellent. And she is there is so much energy piled up into that little human being. And uh, yes, a part is. of it, a part of it is fun, and we have a good time. Another part of it is revealing a whole lot of sin in my heart with my impatience towards my child. And so, uh, yeah. So the quarantine is going; it is going, and and that is all I'm going to say are, about it. God are, will use it for His glory. We are surviving in this wilderness. Amen. Yeah. Man, this, yeah. This zombie land. Zombie land. Yeah, I think for me, it's been, uh, it's being a single man. It's it's. And, and living alone, it's it's been difficult. Like, just uh, I mean, I don't see the same people I normally see. I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to the normal Bible studies or hanging out. I, I used to play dominoes every Friday night with a group of old men yeah. at a cigar shop. I don't see those guys anymore, <laughs> so I'm missing those guys. Um, I'm missing. I'm missing the Grams, who I used to hang out with a lot. And so I don't, I don't go over there. I don't go there, over there at all because. Uh, I don't want to end up getting anyone sick. So it's 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 very it's it's definitely difficult when you don't have yeah. a family. I'm just very thankful that I live next door to Trey and live next door to you and uh, have other brothers that are close by that I can connect with. So that's yeah. been something I've been thankful for. Yeah, yeah I feel that. I'm yeah. thankful for y'all. I'm also very very thankful for my wife. Yeah, I mean like it's like I. I'm always thankful for my wife. I am even more so now. What kinds of ways, Trey, are you thankful for your wife? Like, and how she takes care of our daughter, who, like, knows how to handle that little ball of energy way better than than I could have. What were you alluding to, Cody, with that creepy... Our our previous conversation. Our previous conversation. (laughs) (laughs) There will be a baby boom, I probably... (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's talking about how they're going to name their kid, like, Quarantine or... or, Corona. Or Corona or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's That's so funny. That's funny. Man, Cody, how's... how, How are things over at the float house? I still have a job. Amen. So I'm thankful for that. I'm still employed. Uh, even though uh, my hours have significantly dropped. But the way I'm thinking through it is I'd much rather sacrifice now and have a job after all this is over than go hard now and be bankrupt and don't have a job after all this is over. And so um, just being patient and trying to be productive in the midst of more downtime. And, yeah, I'm just reading a lot, trying to write some. Oh, good. So... Yeah. Are your animals going crazy at your house? No, because I've been taking them over to the playground like two times, two times a day. (laughs) Yeah, two times a day. Let them go nuts, and then they just collapse when they get home. It's great. Yeah, I saw Rupee and uh, what's your other dog's name? Russell Fuller. Fuller. That's it. And it was a very interesting relationship. Rupee is this uh, the whippet, right? Yes, thick, skinny. Yeah, very skinny, lightning fast, and she's very docile, like. She never will, barks. Doesn't bark. She'll yeah. sit right on next to you. Now, Fuller is like the opposite. Is the complete opposite. Okay. Is it? Is it a he or she? It's a he. Yeah, he. And he's like freaking out the whole time, and he's bothering Rupee. And thankfully, Rupee is like the Flash, and she <laughs> yeah. just runs to the other side really quick, and then. Uh, but it, it's so it's so funny because Fuller, Fuller's pretty quick, you know, for his size. 
but he's also incredibly clumsy. So they'll like chase yes. each other around the playground and he'll like hit his head on things and like, yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's funny, but well, good. I'm glad they're getting their exercise and everything. Emily doing well. Yeah. Good. She's working a ton. So, yeah. So the vet clinics have had, uh, they're over surprisingly, uh, the vet clinics are pretty busy That's crazy. around town. And so, um, yeah, so Emily is staying pretty busy. She's actually working overtime this week, which has been super helpful in the midst of me dropping hours. And so the Lord is providing, and we are grateful. Amen. Um, Amen. But anyway, enough talking about us. I thought today we could kind of dive into um, something we're seeing more and more, more of, and we'll see more and more of, I think, as this thing drags on, is just kind of conversations about, how do we be the body of Christ yeah. in the midst of the pandemic right. um, without being able to gather like locally together as one body? Yeah. So there are numerous like ways this conversation could go, right? So I just kind of want to start out, how do we think about generally just what it means for us to be the body of Christ in this season? Can we be the body over simulcast right. or live stream does right. that count as being the body um let's kind of like flesh some of that out yeah so i would say in, in terms of being the body universally and and, and even locally like yeah. the people who i'm most connected with are members of morning view yeah. so i'm definitely reaching out to those members um and and especially doing ministry i want to mm-hmm. continue shepherding caring uh for different uh, people that I'm I'm directly over or ministries that I'm directly over. So what I found helpful is God has given us. I'm, I'm very thankful that God's given us technology uh, for this for this virus in this t- time frame because we can zoom, we can yeah. have meetings online, we can. And I've I found that very helpful. Just this past week, though, even universally outside, me and Cody got to um, and Trey got to. Uh, spend time over Zoom with some of our dear friends, and yeah. um, I got to spend some time with some, a guy in Hawaii, Savannah, Kentucky, just all yeah. over the place, and just talking about what we're doing. So I'm I'm very thankful for technology in that sense. And even this afternoon, uh, one of our deacons FaceTimed me for a little while. I was very thankful for mm-hmm. that. That was very kind of him, just seeing how I'm doing, checking in. Uh, and serving me in that way yeah um so definitely doing things like that uh i think definitely in terms of our um another thing i think about is our shut-ins right now um buying meals seeing Mm -hmm. where we can care for uh people who are locked in um uh, that can't go grocery shopping can't do any of those things i think those are um some necessary necessary ways that we can care for the body while we're not necessarily meeting together. Yeah. Um, but we can go to the other part of your question. Do you have any other ideas for the first part of his question? No, that was great. Yeah. I think I do think it is – well, are, 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 we're going to talk about corporate worship later, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. well then, no, no, we're fine. We can – next question, Cody. <laughs> so what about corporate – so so what oh, about corporate y'all, worship? Oh, oh, okay, do we want to so, move I mean, second part of the question, yeah, so as – I let's just didn't want say, to talk the whole time. Oh, no, you're fine. Let's say that all of Morning View was yeah. to have a 150 family wide Zoom call on yeah. sun, uh, like Sunday morning. Is that the corporate gathering? Uh, short answer is no. Um, 
but because I think an important element of our worship that we are that we see in Hebrews is an assembly in person together. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is a, a vital element to worship. Yeah. Um, that being so, we at Morning View, um, as the worship director, I try you know my best to make sure that we abide by the regulative principle of worship. I'm I'm thankful that uh, all of our pastors hold, hold to that as well. It's in our confession, and so that's a very good thing. And um, it deals with elements and forms and circumstances and stuff like that. And we are yeah. in a weird circumstance right now. Yeah. But because of that circumstance, we are uh, we do have to. Um, neglect is not a word I want to use here, but we do have to kind of put aside uh, gathering together because of what our local government has told us. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, we can't meet. Therefore, I yeah. do not believe it is actual corporate worship. Sure. And I also think that because it's not actual corporate worship, the elements in worship uh, aren't necessarily being met. So therefore, yeah. it's not worship. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm being circular here. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not being met fully, and so now we do get pictures of worship, but they're not they're not the full <laughs> impact. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're still edifying. Right. They can still be encouraging. Absolutely, it is still a good thing. It's still a good thing. Yeah, that we would still you know want our members to get to hear the preaching of the word. Yeah. on the Lord's day, it's yeah. still a good thing that we sing to the Lord. You know, it is exactly. still a good thing that we're praying well, together. And let, let's let's challenge each other a little bit too, because um, yeah. uh, I've I've been thinking about this in terms of the Lord's Day and preaching. Yeah. Is it preaching when you're preaching to us to a camera who's then simulcasting it through to your members? Is that is that preaching? Martin Lloyd Jones would say no. Right. I would. I, I would actually. I would. I would tend to agree. I would say it's teaching. I would say yeah. we're we're actively teaching our our members and and still training them up. But yeah. we're whole men communicating to whole men. Yeah. Um. And me not necessarily seeing those people. Yeah. Um. And knowing like being able to really communicate application. You can still yeah. communicate some application, but really know exactly what my members are going through, yep. and you don't fully get the full picture when they're not. We're not meeting together like this. And yeah, so, yeah, I agree. I think it's helpful to think of preaching in the same vein as we think about baptism, the Lord's Supper, right. and like they're all together means of grace, and they're all designed to be done corporately. Exactly. So that when you're no longer corporate, um, those things like. In a sense, you can do those things, but they no longer carry like the title, so to speak. Okay. Well, then let me okay. then let me ask a question about this. So, so I think baptism is different um, in the sense that I don't necessarily think baptism. At least we see examples in Scripture where baptism is not done corporately. Sure. So, like the eunuch. Ethiopian unit. Yep. He was not baptized corporately. Yep. He was on a road, and he says, "Well, sure. there's a river over but then, here." But then so, some people would say that that was corporate too. They would say that that would be um, them establishing the church in Ethiopia. Okay, that's like I've heard that argument. Well, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. Um, yeah, I, I think I would. I would have less of an issue with somebody who is a, a new convert and saying, "Like, I want to be baptized now." Even during these circumstances, I would not have an issue with a pastor going over to somebody's house and necessarily baptizing them, say, in their bathtub or pool. Mm. Um, that would not—I I don't think I would have an issue with that. 
Um, sure. I think communion I'd see differently. I don't I don't know if I would want us to give satellite communion. Yeah. Um, but if, if if you talk about that, I mean, do you want to? You, you, you were bringing up virtual yeah, communion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's another talk, aspect. Yeah, so yeah, it. that's another aspect of this conversation is, and you're going to see this the longer this goes on. Um, nobody's really having this conversation necessarily about preaching. I mean, there's some people having the conversation of like, is this preaching or not? But more people are having the conversation of, can we partake in the Lord's Supper um, alone, mm-hmm. like by ourselves, with our families, um, particularly like in the context of like the whole church is watching this Facebook Live event, the pastors on the other side of the screen blessing the elements as you as an individual or as a family, are partaking of the elements at home. Um, is that biblical? Yeah, I think, no, uh, I don't think it is. Because as opposed to baptism, where we do see glimpses of it being done not necessarily in a corporate sense, mm-hmm. I don't think we see communion being taken in any other circumstance besides corporately. Yeah, Even, you know, and so I think it's also I think I, I, I think it comes with a with a handful of issues here. How do you fence the table when you're having to do it? Yeah, you know, distance wise, you know, you may have somebody who does not need to be taking communion, maybe at that time taking it. Yeah, you know, if if you consider it real communion. Yeah, and, and so, pastors aren't there to like physically in a sense shepherd over that, right? Um, and and fence that properly. No, I agree. I think you can easily go to First Corinthians when Paul was talking about. The supper and talking about it being like a you're participating like with Christ, but not merely with Christ, you're participating with each other, and all of that is in the context of the localized physical gathering of believers. Right, right. He's not talking about you know just people in their individual homes partaking of bread and wine and just saying, oh, I just took the Lord's supper. No, he's talking about a very particular setting, and I think that particular setting is what is um, regulated. Right. And you don't merely see this, I would argue in the New Testament, you see this in the Old Testament. You know, the various, if you want to use the word, means of grace, right, given to national Israel throughout the Old Testament. God told them how they were to do those things and when would they were to do those things. And particularly in the context of, like, temple worship, they did the, the grand majority of all of those things corporately. Yeah. Aside from individual sacrifices, everything else was corporate the festivals right were always the whole nation coming together outside of like not they couldn't all fit in jerusalem but outside of jerusalem like partaking in this festival together right right and so i think in both old and new testaments you see that that god has designed for these things to be participated in corporately in in a sense that i think one of the main things that we're trying to hint at is that uh, when we do get to come back together corporately uh, in the church, uh, this should not be a substitute uh, yeah. in terms of online um, uh, media. These things should not yeah. be something that we regularly say. Oh, I can just watch. I can just stay home and watch it online. Yeah, being like, oh, well, that was encouraging for me during that season. So why can't it be encouraging for right. me now? Right. Right. Knowing that it is an. Ex- it, like we're in in an exceptional right. season of life, and so we're not able to do what we normally desire to do, um, and that's okay because we are, in a sense, um, breaking from corporate worship for the season right. for the sake of gathering in later. 
I read a really helpful just blurb um, by Richard Baxter, surprisingly, this week, where he was arguing that it is okay to not gather for the sake of mercy, and particularly in for the in the in the season in a season of pestilence, right. because he argues missing one Lord's Day, but gaining many more is better mm-hmm. than in a sense, continuing to meet and getting everyone sick, everyone dying, and there right. are no more Lord's Days for you. Right. And I found that really helpful. Um, and I think that's true. And, and it's just really important that as we per- participate in these um, online avenues of building each other up and in edification, that we define them as what they are and what right. they're not. And that we don't, um, we're not creating this pattern or... Um, for ourselves of, oh, this is like a substitute, right. you know, because it's not. Yeah. Um, and we need to be clear about that and not put it in the people's minds that like I can have this instead of meeting corporately. Right. Well, thinking about the coronavirus too, I mean, I, are we doing things? I mean, do you see our, you know, our, the Christians in the Christian world, uh, I won't necessarily bring up names, do you see like, like most people – are doing what's right. Do you feel like that's what's happening? Uh, I think as of now, yes. And I think from a lot of what I see on Twitter and on Facebook, a lot of people are seeking to define these things biblically. But I do see kind of this little wave now, right, that the longer this goes on, the more people are going to be like, but I want the supper. And so why can't I have it on my own? Like, I want this, so why can't I have it on my own? I need this. I need, Which is true. Like, we need it. But God has created a context for those things. And we're not to forget that the way in which God has regulated, like, how we're to participate in the means of grace, like, is for our good and for our flourishing. And he commanded those things knowing full well that his church would experience seasons of pestilence and a pandemic. Right. And I think... If, if, if that person came to me and, and were saying these things, I would commend them on their desire to want to take sure. supper. Yeah, I think, yeah. brother or sister, that is a good desire to have. Um, yeah. And then I would explain to him what we've just talked about, and then I would press into, it is going to be so much sweeter when we get to do it together again one day. Yeah, You know, we don't know when that's going to be, but there is, there is going to be a joy and fulfillment that I think we— uh, that we haven't experienced before because yeah. of this kind of thing. And even, I mean, I'll express some of the things in my own heart, like being without the gathering of these last few weeks has really exposed how I have taken the Lord's day sometimes, uh, for, for granted, Sure, you know, and man, do I desire to meet back with, with our brothers and sisters at morning view. And I know yep. for those of you out there listening to like y'all, y'all probably miss the gathering as well at your own church. And um, like they're, they're and but think about it this way: there will come a day where we will get to do this in eternity. There will be a day where we never have to worry about sickness or sin ever again, and we'll get to do that with and seeing the face of our Savior. Yeah. And yeah, uh, so look look forward to that. And that uh, we'll be feasting in Zion for eternity, yeah. right? There won't be missed days. There won't be, like you said, sickness or pain or death and we can look forward to that in the midst of the season we're in now. And if so, so two things I want to say too. If if you're currently without a job and without work, mm-hmm. so that it looks a lot different for you right now. Yeah. Um. So 
I would encourage that person to 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 stay and not necessarily give, like to stay uh, to to stay stable, sure. like financially yeah. and for for forego giving during the season. But if you're still making a paycheck, you're still yeah, you're still um, you still have work, you're still. Um, you're still able to go to your job, whether it looks different now or not. Yeah. Um, I would say don't neglect giving. Don't yeah. neglect – because churches might not look the same. Yeah. Especially smaller churches right now. Sure. Um, a lot of those churches could – I mean, could not be able – there there might be a, uh, a season where they look completely different um, or have to close the doors. Yeah. And so – um, don't don't neglect giving to your body if you are um, if you're if you're able. making an income and you're able yeah. to yeah because yeah, the kingdom's still working yeah and so and that's definitely a part of what we do corporately too yeah so exactly that's why I wanted to bring that up yep that's good um, so what so I, I was also thinking about this do you think well I, I think this is going to be another like momentous event like September 11th. World War yeah. Two, um, Vietnam probably for some people. Um, I think this is something that's going to sort of push forward to the future that we yeah. that that we see we have now have a new lens and we see the world through it almost. Yeah, um, it's gonna it's gonna uh, there's gonna be a cloud of COVID nineteen sure. for a long time to come. And how should how should how should Christians how should believers um, and even those of us who one day come back to church, how should we go about um, enjoying fellowship and enjoying one another in the midst of what's happened over the last month and yeah. what may happen, over, what, what will continue to happen over the next few months? Yeah, I would say one thing the believer ought to do now, and this is true for any like exceptional season of life, yeah. is like don't define your theology based on exceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that right now, that's like we apply that with ecclesiology. Do not form your ecclesiology in seasons of exception. Mm. Go right? ahead and define ecclesiology for people who don't. So, know. like, what you believe about the, like who the church is, what the church does. Like so this whole this church. whole conversation, right, of partaking of the means of grace, that all falls in the realm of ecclesiology. And so, and I would just encourage our listeners and us, like, not to redefine ecclesiology simply because we're in an exception of a moment. Right where things aren't normal, um, God has given, in a sense, the normal in His Word, um, in the midst of normal seasons, and we're going to hold that as our standard, and know that, like out, outside of that, when we're in these exceptional seasons of seasons of life, like even though we may have really good intentions, right, that we can trust and believe God that the way in which He's designed the church to be and to function is good, yeah. even in the midst of and right, even in the midst of pandemic. We don't have to tweak it. Like God knows what He was doing when He He breathed these things out, and um, I think an encouraging historical example, based on the car, even the conversation we just had about the Lord's Supper, is William Carey. I saw this from um, our brother Jake Stone. He put out on Facebook that um, William Carey was so convictional about partaking of the means of grace corporately that while he was church planting in India, he did not partake of the Lord's Supper until he had a formed church. That's all. That's and he waited two, it was two years. Yeah. Yeah. So for two years, he obviously joyfully, but yet like, I mean, soberly, right? Somberly, like 
did not partake of the supper because he was, he was so convinced that God had designed for that to be taken in the context of a gathered body. And that's encouraging in seasons like this. I sure hope it doesn't last for two years, <laughs> uh, you know. And I think the longer this goes on, the more conversation should be had of, well, outside of, like, a live stream on Sunday, how can we even, like, do better at somehow reaching out to the body, gathering in some small sex here and there? Like, we can grow in that and have that conversation as this thing goes on. Um, but moving beyond coronavirus and into kind of the post-coronavirus world, I think, like, God is, in a sense, like, this is like a discipline. If we look around us and see so many churches in America in particular that have a completely whacked-out ecclesiology, um, they're not taking the Lord's Day seriously. They're not taking the, the gathering seriously. You know, a lot of it just looks like a circus and... I think this is like a discipline from the Lord to lovingly like correct us and to remind us that his word is sufficient um, to inform us on what the Lord's day is, is and how special it is. Mm-hmm. And I think we're to remember that as we move forward. Yeah. I think that's really great. Um, yeah. Anything else guys? I have something else I want to talk about, but just as a side bonus. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, piggybacking off of what Cody said, I would want to tell everybody you know, who's listening, you know, don't get comfortable in your homes on the Lord's Day. Like, feel like, lean into that itch that you yeah, have, yeah. you know, for uh, for gathering with the saints and like, and don't let it go. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. think, don't, don't try to scratch it at your home. Yeah. Now, so, what I will say is use this as a time to lean into family worship. Sure. Yeah. Use yeah. this as a time to, if you are the head of your household, like use this as a time to lead your family uh, in in singing of yeah. the word and praying of the word and teaching of the word. Yeah. I mean, uh, for, with your family, I would say for most people, we've been given an exceptional season to focus in on private worship. Yeah. Absolutely. And we ought to take advantage of that. Like, read good books, listen to listen to like good teaching. Um, like have conversations over Zoom with brothers and sisters in the church, like talking about doctrine, all these kind of things, like pour into that because like, I feel like that's a good way to um, apply that yearning that we have for corporate worship, Yeah. right? Knowing that like we don't need to take it upon ourselves to like redefine corporate worship, you know, redefine ecclesiology, but we want to hold fast to how God has defined things and know that, well, we can't have that right in the moment. But God's given us all these other things, and he's promised to use even private worship um, to, like, preserve us, right? And he will preserve us through this exceptional season until a season where we can gather again. Um, and we can hold hold fast to that. Amen. Uh, so if you made it to this part... Um, we're not going to be talking about spiritual things uh, anymore, so you might want to. <laughs> Just for the record, we have no clue what Jordan's about to say. <laughs> like, me and Cody are completely clueless, so we're, uh, we're here in this same time y'all are. You, you, you might want to tune out if you don't, if you just come here for the spiritual element. We're about to get <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get lighthearted because we're going to talk about a Netflix show that me and Trey have watched Stop. that we feel <laughs> I feel like has to be at least at some point in our uh, big men big theology episodes. But um, so if you're if you're still listening, we're about to talk about Tiger King. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but we are. <laughs> we got to. We got to. Trey Tiger King is it's it's been it's, it's a train wreck. 
We, we have to talk about it. What were your thoughts when you watched it? It was it was the biggest dumpster fire that I couldn't <laughs> look away from. It was a dumpster fire. Kind of like that other show y'all watch. What was that? Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> Cody, don't, don't come in here and pull those games. Um, <laughs> anyways, so we watched this show, Tiger King. If you don't want to know anything about it, tune out now, but we're going to talk about it for a second. Tiger King is about um, this this man named Joe Exotic who owns this zoo full of tigers out in Oklahoma, and he is one of the most fascinating people. <laughs> I mean, Trace just shaking his head; he doesn't want to talk about it. But he is one of the most fascinating people ever, and you you need to watch this show. If I would say recommended, but is it is it kind of like if Dwight Schrute owned a tiger farm? No, <laughs> it's like if it, it, a buddy of ours said it would be like uh, taking a camera down to Holland Home, Alabama, and uh, just start filming people, and, <laughs> and, and, and then you would you would you would know exactly. But it, it's it's a train wreck. So, um, it, yeah. it, okay. So it really it, what it deals with it, it follows. These few people who are, in a sense, like big cat collectors. That's right. You know, not just tigers. A lot of them have, you know, uh, not only tigers, but lions and, and leopards and jaguars and stuff like that. And it really sh- it, it gets into, like, what these people are like, which is weird. I mean, it's almost like little cults, you know, and um, and they all hate each other a lot. <laughs> And they all like to talk trash about one another. And they're all so different. Like, Joe Exotics is very, I don't want to use the term white trash. But, like, he, but, oh, he, I, poly, he, he probably, he probably looks and sounds exactly like the name. But yes. that's but that's it. He is a, he is a he's man. He's a country singer? He's, yeah, <laughs> for, depending on how you define that term. He's, uh, he is a redneck of rednecks. He also has a long blonde mullet and a big handlebar blonde mustache. And he, uh, that's what I'm talking and, about. And he is, he's also a homosexual and it is, it is a fascinating combination of things. Um, we would tell you that if you're sensitive to language, please don't watch the show. Yes, yes. Um, there are, there, there are kids, right. There are a few moments that Jordan and I, when we watched it, we did fast forward through. Right. Um, so be, please be mindful of that. Yes. Um, but it is, it is just, I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, like, it's crazy. I mean, it's the I mean, craziest it's... thing you will ever see in your life. And if they don't put out a second season of it, I will feel incomplete in some it's ways. There's, there's, <laughs> there's at least four or five storylines that they they really didn't follow. They, they, they just gave you well, they they gave you the hook. Yeah, and they were like, "Here's this crazy part over here, and we're never going to talk about it again. <laughs> and we're just going to let you think, and we're just going to let you just keep keep thinking about it." And kind of sounds, know, I mean, like, I mean, sounds like S Town, man. It was like S Town. It was it, it, honestly, it was <laughs> it was like S Town, uh, except you're watching it. Type yeah, thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was it was it was nuts. But uh, I would I would recommend it to those who are older and more mature, but and can watch it and laugh and. Uh, <laughs> and then once you watch it, email us at <laughs> bmbt1689 at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Yeah. yeah. And if there are any other theological topics you'd like for us to explore in the midst of this quarantine season, We're, then we got time. let us know. Yeah, we sure do have time. Well, guys, I enjoyed this. 
I'm going to go home and try to wrangle up my two-year-old. And uh, hopefully I won't die in the process. Grace and peace be upon you. Yeah. <laughs> Cody getting all liturgical over here. All righty, guys. See you.